And we are live. Welcome, everyone, to the Melanin Initiative. I am Dr. Kimberly Madison, a doctorally prepared nurse practitioner and one of your co-hosts here at the Melanin Initiative podcast. In healthcare, there is often too much information and not enough time. Here at the Melanin Initiative, we avoid TMI by breaking things down into language you can understand. We create a safe space to ask your questions and share a nursing perspective without taking up too much of your time. All month long, we'll be talking about breast cancer. Each of our guests will be sharing their relationship with breast cancer, so it'll be slightly different than our regular episodes, but we think you're going to get a lot of value out of them. We're so grateful for each of our guests who has agreed to share their story. You know, so often people think they're the only ones going through something, and that leads to suffering and silence. We know and hope through this show, you'll see that you're not alone, and there are a number of resources available to help you. We hope you'll be motivated to do what you can when it comes to taking care of your health, to establish a relationship with your primary care provider who can identify your risk factors and tell you all about the available options. But most importantly, we hope you'll understand the importance of early detection, which I cannot emphasize enough. The data shows that in black and brown communities, we wait too late to be diagnosed. And once we are diagnosed, the disease is advanced, is so advanced that the options for treatment are limited and the risks for death and disability are that much greater. We know knowledge is power and so is having a support system and understanding the importance of advocacy for others and for ourselves. My goal is to address each of these themes throughout October. We'll be releasing a new episode every Tuesday in October for TMI Tuesdays at 10 a.m. You can find us on all your favorite podcasts, including Apple and Spotify, as well as YouTube. Today, uh, it's definitely a different setup. I'm joined by my mother, Leona Madison. Uh, we'll be talking about her journey from start until today. Because I'm really familiar with her story, I thought we would do it more justice by dividing it into segments. And so this first one, we'll, we'll just cover the diagnosis, uh, what was happening at that time. Then we'll do an episode just dedicated to her treatment. After that, we'll talk about all the side effects and her health since that time, her advocacy work. And then the last uh, episode will be on faith. As a disclaimer, the show is for educational purposes only. The opinions expressed are our opinions alone. They are not a representation of any of our affiliations. If you're experiencing a medical emergency, you should seek medical attention and medical guidance from your healthcare provider. If you're having a physical emergency, please call 911. And if you're having a mental health emergency or you know someone who is, you can call 988. Um, so we can both be a little bit long-winded. So we're just going to jump right into it. Okay, welcome to TMI, Mommy. Thank you for having me. <laughs> if you can, just tell our audience a little bit about where you're from, what your um, life was like growing up, a little bit about your family. Yes, I am from Far Rockaway Beach, New York, a small town in New York City, one of the five boroughs. A nice little town. Everybody knew everybody's neighbor. Everybody looked after each other's children. Attended church was mandatory. We didn't have a choice in Sunday school. Fresh air in the beach. And everybody just got along well, very well. My mom had seven children. And three of us are still living. And we're very close-knit. And, um, yeah. Okay. And what about your family after you left home? After I left home to go to school, uh I went to school in Boston, Massachusetts, and my family uh, remained in New York. 
And then you made your own family. And then I made my own family. <laughs> and that includes two adult children, Kimberly and Pierce Madison III. I am married to retired Master Sergeant Pierce Madison II. Wonderful. Okay, so um, I guess what is your relationship with breast cancer? My relationship with breast cancer in May of 2012, I felt a lump um, or a little knot at that time on my right breast. And it was on a Saturday and I felt that it was uh, unusual and it wasn't moving or anything. So following that Monday, I made an appointment with my primary care provider and I was examined and he wasn't sure. So he sent me to, he recommended that I go to the provider that I was getting my annual reviews because I so, was actually getting my annual reviews all the time. By exam, uh, what kind of exam did he do exactly? Uh, he felt that area. A breast exam? A, a breast exam. He felt that area and realized that the knot uh, had not moved. And it was small. Okay. And then he made some recommendations after that? He recommended that I go to the provider that I had was receiving my annual mammograms. Okay. So this is GYN? GYN. Okay. Yes. And what happened at that appointment? When I went to the GYN, that's when I was scheduled to have a, a biopsy. And they did another breast and exam. And they did another breast exam and scheduled me for a biopsy. Okay. And then how did what what did that entail? That entailed being examined again and having a, a needle um, injected into that particular area. Okay. And so at this time in your life, were you were you working? What else was going on? Oh wow. That's a big one. Yes, I was working full time, commuting back and forth to Washington, DC. I was at the time um, finishing up my graduate work at Howard University School of Divinity. And I was also preparing for ordination. As far as my career was, I had 30 court cases. So I was kind of rolling with a lot on my plate. So it's fair to say you could have easily have put it off. I could have easily put it off. But by the recommendation of my daughter, she always reminded me, to uh, do self-examinations. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I uh, did that that morning and I found it. And I remember, so for as far as, you know, where I was at that time, I was in Memphis getting my bachelor's in nursing. I had another year left. And I remember you said that you were just sitting in the bed and I think you thought you were having some indigestion or something. So you were feeling around for like the indigestion and you came across the lump. But other than that, I don't think you had any pain. No, there was no pain. There was no pain. And so often one reason people wait to get diagnosis because they think everything bad is going to be painful. Exactly. <laughs> and in a lot of cases, cancer actually is not painful until it gets really advanced. Exactly. And then it's almost obvious that something's really bad going on. Exactly. Okay. So the biopsy, I remember the biopsy. I was actually, I came home for that. So why don't you go ahead and tell your experience and then I'll share mine. Okay, well, with the biopsy, uh, I was informed that uh, I was stage one. Well, what what took place, actually? You said they had a needle. They had Did a they give you pain medicine? Were you yes, naked? Yes, there, there, uh, there was numbness. Okay. They gave me numbness. And, um, you had to put a gown on, right? I had to put a gown on. The, I remember the needle, the needle was real long, <laughs> but it was thin. So <laughs> I didn't even feel anything mm. after that, you know. And there was two people in the room, I think. There was, yeah, the doctor and the nurse. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. And then they let me come in. Do you remember that part? No. So because I was learning so much in healthcare, I knew a lot of information, which is one thing you want. Like I wanted to know a lot of information so I wouldn't have to trust strangers to, to make decisions for myself or my family. But what that also leads to is, you know, too much information. So you can start to have anxiety or fear about things. And as a student, everything I learned about, I, <laughs> I didn't think I had everything, but some things you start to wonder like, oh, do I have that? Do I have that? So I remember they let me come in the room. And at this point, I'm cool. I'm calm. You know, I'm all like, you know, let's wait and get the results and find out. But I don't I, when I walked in that room and I saw that they were doing the biopsy, I, I just I just started crying. I remember that. I I, def, I started bawling and that was, and then it turned into you consoling me and I'm supposed to be there consoling you. And I, actually, if we could step back a little bit, I think that was at the third provider. Okay. Because remember the first provider um, uh, was near where I live and I had a friend that went with me. You went with me for uh, an annual review and they had another provider. So I actually had like three providers. And that's when they thought they had saw something else. Mm-hmm. And apparently the nurse thought that you had already knew. And you didn't. And mm-hmm. she met you at, in the hallway. And she told me that she was very emotional. Mm-hmm. I was crying. She always says emotional. But what's the emotion? You was crying. I was crying. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's normal. That's normal. Right? Um. Okay, so then you had your biopsy, and then how long would happen after that? Okay, so I had my biopsy, and then... Did the, you have pain the next day? I had, I had no pain. Okay. I, I just had no pain, you know, thank God, the next day. And so then this this is now the second provider. They sent the biopsy for um, pathology. And that takes a while. That took a while. So, of course, you know, your nerves is going upside down. But I also had a nurse navigator. And she she was really great. She called and checked on me and stuff like that. Okay. What is pathology? Pathology is when they take samples, when they take the sample of the tumor Mm -hmm. so that they can find out what grade it is. Our mascot, Gunny, is over here consoling Grandma. Get down, sweetie. (laughs) Come, Gunny. Come here, baby. Yes, he is. And then a nurse navigator? Yeah, I had a nurse navigator and a friend of mine's and her. My friend asked a whole lot of questions. And because I had, at the time, been supporting other women going through the journey, mm-hmm. I pretty much already knew, you know, so I didn't feel the need. But she had a lot of questions. And one of her main questions was, well, if she has been getting annual mammograms all her life, why are y'all detected at that time? That's your friend. That's my friend, my, one of my best friends. And what is a nurse navigator? What was her role? Her role is to, um, you know, to be assistance to you through the process and explain everything that's going on, see how you're feeling. And um, at the time, whether I wanted to have the surgery, uh, if that came back, you know, the pathology report, did I want to have it at that provider or to go to the uh, military? And did you have to ask for her? She was assigned to you? She was assigned. Yes, she was assigned. She called me before my appointment and um, she was there um, right after I came came for the biopsy. And she would check on you or offer reminders? Yes, she would check on me, offer reminders, um, you know, see how I was doing. And it just so happened that the friend that went with me was knew her. 
Oh, okay. Yes. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then you said while you waited for your pathology results, your nerves are all over the place? The nerves are all over the place. I'm still pushing on, doing everything that was Mm -hmm. on my plate. Were you addressing those nerves or you were just keeping busy? Oh, I was just keeping busy because what everything that I was doing, I couldn't stop. I didn't have time to stop. I didn't take time to stop because, you know, it was just important for me to complete the task that I had in front of me. And besides that friend, and obviously I knew, were you had you told any other friends, your work, your family? Oh, yes, because, you know, I'm a person that I'm very open. I don't mind sharing information to educate others, you know. And so I immediately came home and I, uh, well, you was in school at the time. So I didn't really want to call you and tell mm-hmm. you, you know, because I know, you know, I know you're a crybaby. But anyway, um, I told um, my husband, who just happened to be here, and then I called my family and told everybody what was going on. And everybody, uh, you know, said they'll be there for support and stuff like that. Okay. I told my coworkers, of course, the next uh, the ones that I wanted to know that was in my circle. Mm-hmm. And this is before your results came back? or This was uh, before my results came back. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So then your results came back. How did you receive that information? Um, my results came back and we went back to, um, this was a different friend. We went back to the, fir- the second provider and uh, he shared the stage uh, that I was stage one. And, um, at, at, you know, because when you hear cancer, um, you first thing you think, oh, for myself is, was I going to die? You know, and God, honestly, God hadn't told me that I was going to die. And I really, you know, a woman of faith, stand on faith. Um, so uh, he said, no, you're not. You're not going to die. He said, you know, you caught it very early and that's very good. Early detection. You know, you have outstanding uh, results. Um, so he said, you don't have to worry about that. And so I said, um, so does that mean that I need a mastectomy? Because like I said, I had been following other women. So I just wanted to know for myself. And he said, no, you you, you won't need that. And so um, at that point, the nurse navigator came in the room with my friend and myself. And she asked me, um, you know, where would I like to have my treatment done? Because it was confirmed by that doctor that I needed to have um, surgery. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so I think we'll save that part for the next episode. But um, at this point in time, so now you know you're going to, um, that it's positive. Mm-hmm. Did they address all your questions at that time? And yes. besides, if you were going to die or need a mastectomy, did you have other questions or concerns? Yes. Well, what I did was I um, wanted to know, did I have to start working? Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted a second opinion. Mm-hmm. And um, because I had did research and, of course, with your assistance, um, research and on the Susan G. Coleman website. And so I had a question, uh, you know, questions that I asked and he, he was there to answer. What were some of those questions, if you don't mind sharing? Some of the questions was, um, how do you feel? And uh, I said, um, no, the questions you had, the questions that I had, mm-hmm. Okay, the questions that I had was, um how long is the surgery? Um, will I have to take off work? You know, um, is it painful? Because I don't like needles. <laughs> you know, I don't like needles. And so um, he said that once I go to the next provider, that there will be a team 
because he didn't want to give information for that provider. Mm -hmm. But that there would be, I would have a team which consisted of the oncologist, a radiologist, oncologist, nutritionist, a social worker. And um, he said that, and a support team, and he said that they would be more than happy to answer those questions because that, that that's how their facility would operate. And so having that experience helping your friends, what how do you think that made your this part of your journey any better or different or worse even? Well, I think for what um, I discovered and we discovered through my um, social worker, because I did take counseling, uh, because I had been a case manager for over 20 years uh, at my um, vocation, um, I know that as a counselor, you're so busy feeding into other people that what I learned through my counseling session, along with my sister who was there with me, was who thought that I was in denial because I wasn't like an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And um, she recommended that I, both of them recommended that I now see myself as the patient and not as um, on the other side of the table. So, you know, just to take back, breathe for six months and, you know, allow myself to be the patient to see what, you know, to address the feelings and stuff like that. And I wasn't, my sister thought I was in denial, but I wasn't in denial. Mm -hmm. I just had to decide how I wanted to take this journey. Did I Mm want to get overwhelmed? Because everybody's journey is different. Or did I want to just walk by faith and believe that God had, um, ordain the right medications and the right medical team that would take me and hold my hand. And at this point, wasn't there like some things you had to think about when it came to your hair? Well, interesting. (laughs) My oncologist had recommended that I cut my hair low um, because he said the chemo would, you know, take, even though it was a low grade chemo for four um, sessions um, to cut the hair because some women had experienced um, hair loss. So I didn't have a problem with that because hair don't define me. So again, my sister and my, another best friend, I have so many wonderful friends, took me to the barbershop and um, and one friend got her hair cut. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that was one of the things because a lot of women, you know, everybody's journey is it's different, like I said. But hair wasn't um, anything that bothered me. And so I enjoyed wearing different types of wigs, naming the wigs. And- <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the time you had long locks. I remember every time I would come home or you would come visit me, your hair was longer. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I think that's the, that's the longest I've ever seen your hair, actually. Yes. Yes. I had long locks and stuff like that. And so um, I had started, um, you know, cutting them down and stuff before I actually had went to the barber. And so uh, one day I was just brushing my hair and I was wondering where was all this hair coming from? This was before I got the haircut. And then I realized it was um, the chemo. This is once I was on the chemo. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I know for me at that time, you would tell me, because I was still in, so I was finishing up the semester. So I wasn't home just yet. Um, but I just thought it was so, so touching that those women cut their hair in, in solidarity with you. Yeah. Because we know how what a big role yeah. hair plays for people, yeah. uh, but especially women and especially in our community. 
Yes. Um, so that was a really big, it was very touching. Was. I, I just will never forget that. <laughs> yes, yes, neither will I, neither will I. <laughs> okay, so I think um, that's, we're going to wrap up this part of your interview. Um, so just a recap. So today we talked about your diagnoses, how you found it yourself and how you did not have any pain and that, and I'm so proud of you, immediately you scheduled an appointment and within less than 30 days, you found out you were positive. You found out what the, co- the course of treatment was going to be. You sought out a second opinion. You rounded up a support system. You bravely went and cut your hair in advance and you were ready to go and just get this out of your body and move on move on forward in the new journey. So we thank you for sharing this part. Everyone tune back in as we continue. The next uh, episode will be on her treatment. Um, you can email us your questions or show ideas at tmimelanin, at tmi.melanin at gmail.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Please share the show with your friends. Rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please leave comments and review us. It really helps the show get more support and it gets the message out there to those who need it. You can find our social media links and a list of any resources that we brought up related to our conversation in the description box or the show notes. We release a new show every week at TMI Tuesdays at 10 a.m. on all your favorite podcast apps and YouTube. Follow, like, share, and thank you so much for watching. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Mommy. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we didn't give you too much information. Join us next Tuesday at 10 for a new episode of the Melanin Initiative.